Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to dive into. But first, before I go into that, I just have a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, uh, if you could, and if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, uh, if you could leave a rating and review, uh, that'd be helpful for more people to find this podcast. Next, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active and post the most content. And if you want to get in touch with me, that would be the best place to go. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service. And with that, I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my strategic dieting and training methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. And we always find at least one to two bottlenecks outside of the training program and the nutrition protocol that are typically keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out on Instagram or uh, there's a link in the show notes for us to move forward with that process. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. Um, And what I want to talk about today is, um, you know, I kind of want to start with this question of, do you know, do you struggle to know if you should add reps or weight to build muscle, right? Um, You know, this is one of the most common questions I get from clients and people that are just, you know, reaching out, asking me any questions uh, when it comes to building muscles. And luckily a recent study looked at this. And so let's dive into it. So I think first, before we kind of dive into, you know, what's in like, should you add reps or weight? I think it's first important to know that in order to build muscle, you need to make things tougher over time. Okay. So this is you know, the AKA progressive overload, right? Like again, over time, we need to make sure that we are sending us a signal to our body that it needs more muscle, right? If you just kind of do the same thing over and over again, you're just kind of telling your body that, Hey, we don't need to add any more muscle. Let's just kind of keep, let's keep it where it's at. Right. Um, just like with really anything that you're trying to improve, you know, you gotta, you gotta send a a stimulus to, for the body to adapt to that. And when it adapts, you know, it's going to obviously, um, in this case, build muscle, uh, but really with anything, right. I mean, you take cardiovascular, training, same type of thing. You know, you gotta, you gotta overload with that to, to get better, right. Your body adapts to that and that kind of becomes the the new norm. Right. Um, and you know, same thing with really any, anything else that you, that you do in life. Right. So same thing here. So the cool thing though, with, you know, like when it comes to cardiovascular training, we have to be pretty, you know, strength, let's, let's take strength. You have to be like pretty, you need to make sure you get stronger over time. Right. Um, and, and you need to, use like specific movements to get stronger in those um, lifts. Whereas like with training for muscle growth, like there's, there's many different ways you can go about it. And so I think that's, that's a cool way to, it just allows for a lot of flexibility, right? We're not, we're not constrained to like, Hey, you have to do this, right? There's, there's different ways we can go about it. So again, you know, one of the most common questions I get from clients when it comes to their workouts is should I increase weight or reps for progressive overload? You know, most think adding weight, is the best. I think that's typically when people hear progressive overload, that's usually what they think. I think it's usually hammering away at volume, like just doing a ton of more stuff or it's just, Hey, I just need to add a bunch of weight. Right. It's like, Hey, I want to get a bigger chest. All right. I'm just going to start benching. You know, I'm going to go from one 175. Now I'm going to start doing 225 and people just keep doing that. But eventually that's going to, that's going to run out. Right. Um, and you may be doing rep ranges that aren't conducive to building muscle. So you know, is adding weight the best way to go about it? Well, luckily we have a study here that, that recently looked at this. Okay. So 
The title of the paper was Progressive Overload Without Progressing Load, question mark, the effects of load or repetition progression on muscular adaptations. Um, this was by Plotkin et al. In, et, et, al. et al. in 2022. Um, and the conclusion they came to was both progressions of repetitions and load appeared to be viable strategies for enhancing muscular adaptations over an eight-week training cycle. Uh, this provides trainers and trainees with another promising approach to programming resistance training. So they found that you know, either was a viable strategy. Okay. So uh, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be just weight that you add. It can also be reps. And again, this can be a way to progress. The big takeaway though, from that was, again, they found that both were viable option for muscle growth. Uh, but again, the, the takeaway is that so long as each set is taken close to failure, right? So we need, that's kind of the big takeaway here is that you can add reps, you can add weight, but the main thing that's at play here is we need to make sure that each set is taken close to failure, you know, about zero to three RIR. Um, and I think a lot of times the question always becomes, well, wh what does two to three RIR look like, right? I think people kind of equate zero RIR to super hard training and then anything, if you have any reps in reserve, it's easy training, but that's far from the truth. I think a lot of people end up closer to two to three RIR than they think. Um, they think that really hard training is two to three. Um, and so I think a lot of people end up kind of, they, they end up, they, they hear two to three. And for them, that's more like four to five RER, right? Which again, is going to build muscle, but it's not going to be as effective, right? You can make it a little bit more effective by just pushing a little bit more into that. But I would say zero to three RER, like two to three RER is going to look like where your the weight kind of starts to slow down, right? Like I think if you just kind of fly through a set and you don't see things slow down whatsoever, I would say you're staying probably four plus reps away from failure. When, when things start to slow down, that's where you're getting kind of into that, that, golden zone there. Now this is going to look different from person to person, but, but generally this is what it's, it's, it's going to look like. Okay. Um, and I think the best way to know is to just take it to failure every once in a while, just to kind of see what that looks like. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, when things, if things are never slowing down, you're probably staying further away from failure than you, than you think. And so again, if you're doing a bench press, this would be like you're you're flying through the set, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's that one rep that where maybe things kind of start to slow down a little bit. You got to fight for it a little bit more. That's to me, that's where you're kind of getting close to that close to failure thing that that aspect that we are are looking for here. So um, again, both are viable, but the big thing is that you need to train close to failure. Okay, um, in zero to three RAR. Next on this too, certain exercises are going to lend themselves better to weight increases more often than others, right? So let's take this example of a leg press. A leg press is going to be a leg press versus like a lateral raise or a bicep curl. A leg press is going to be easier to add weight to week over week um, because again, you're, you know, you're using a lot, you're just using a lot more mass to move up the weight. Um, and so you're going to be able to add more weight to that week over week, right? Like you know, maybe you can do both with those, right? Like that could be something where I, I find that you probably can add reps and weight each week. Whereas something like a lateral raise or a bicep curl is probably going to, you're going to notice that you're going to be increasing more uh, from rep increases. And honestly, on those, I feel like a lot of people could just improve their technique and that's going to go a long way. I think people try to do too much weight. And again, it goes back to this concept of, oh, hey, you just need to keep adding weight to for progressive overload. And I think that ends up leading to poor technique on some of these uh, smaller lifts. Um so again, something like a lateral raise or a bicep curl, again, I'm not saying you're never going to be able to add weight, but you're going to find that you're going to be adding reps more often there than, than you would be for uh, something like a leg press. Um, and again, maybe something like a leg press, it's 
it's weight and reps um, that you that you add to uh, there with that. But again, this doesn't mean you need to do this every single training session. I, you know, going through a client's training log, I was kind of looking more on a week to week basis. Didn't seem like he was really progressing, and then I kind of zoomed out a little bit and looked at like his last two mesocycles of training, and things have gone up a lot more, right? So don't look from a week to a training session to training session standpoint. You know, try to zoom out a little bit and see where you're trending over time. But uh, again, I think this is going to be exercise dependent on, on what you do um, here in terms of these, these increases. I would say generally lower bodies probably going to be able to increase at a, at a quicker rate in terms of weight than um, your upper body would upper body is probably going to be a little bit closer to rep increases, but that doesn't mean you can't increase rep, uh, weight on the upper body. So just to kind of give you an idea of how this can play out in like, uh, you know, the real world. So with all my clients, I give them a rep range to hit. Okay. So like, for example, let's just say eight to 12. However, I do tell them this is just a guide. Okay. Uh, we're not, we don't need to get a lot of times when people do training programs, new, they see eight to 12 reps and two things happen. One, they, they, they will not go outside of that rep range whatsoever. They think that that's, that's bad if they go outside of that rep range. The second thing that I see here that people struggle with is they think 12 reps is inherently better than eight reps. Okay. And that's not the case either. So those are like two common mistakes I see made when people kind of have this rep range. And again, it's just there as, as a guide. Okay. We know that when it comes to building muscle, so long as we take the muscle close to failure, we're able to build muscle in a, in a large rep range. Okay. Um, they say anywhere from like five to 30 reps. Uh, again, that's not, it's going to be individual, but you know, generally just think somewhere, so long as you fall within that range. And again, the set's taken fairly close to failure, you're going to be in a good spot. But again, this is, this is just a guide that eight to 12 isn't a hard cutoff. It's just a guide. It's just, they're like, Hey, ideally we want to find a weight that's challenging in this rep range. It's going to get you zero to three RAR um, in this given rep range. So, you know, what I tell them is if you go over, that's okay. You know, once you get way over the rep range, then you know, you'll likely need to add some weight at, at some point. So let's take like a, let's take two different examples here. Let's say we're doing the lateral raise, you know, maybe that first week you get eight. Again, it's probably not going to eight at, let's say uh, 25 pounds. You know, it's probably not going to be feasible for you to go up to 30 pounds the next week. Cause if you do that, you're probably going to have poor technique and it's going to be a grind getting to eight reps. So maybe there you just try to add a, a rep or two the following week. And then maybe the next week, again, still it's like going up 30, up to 30 pounds is going to be a big jump and probably not going to be likely. So what you would do there then is you keep adding reps and maybe you get to the point to where it's like, okay, this one week I'm at, I'm at 12 reps, but I still have like five reps in the tank. Ideally we would still get two to three more reps, right. To get you close to that, that failure standpoint. So again, it calls for eight to 12 reps, but you got 15. That's not, that's not bad, right? That's just, Hey, you know, again, we want to follow this intensity here of zero to three RAR. Now at that point, what you could do is, okay, now, now you can probably add some weight right now. You can probably go up to 27 and a half, 30 pounds. And again, maybe then you get, you start back at eight, right? And that's a way to, to progress uh, something like that. Now, leg press, you know, maybe you're in the eight to 12 rep range and you know, you get uh 360 by 360. Let's just say totals. I'm just trying to make up a number here. I, leg press is kind of all over the place. Let's just go back. So I think that's going to be easier. Say you're doing 225, you get to eight. Um, you know, the next week, do you get to nine? You could do that, or you could just add some weight to it. Um, you know, add five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever it may be, probably closer to five pounds. You get 230 by eight, right? Um, because that's probably going to be something that you would be able to add more, uh, weight to then just something like a dumbbell lateral raise, right? So that's kind of how we would do it uh, there with that. Now, say in that example, a client, you know, it says eight to 12 reps are trying to do back squat and they get 225 for six. 
At that point, you can keep adding reps, um, again, so long as you're taking the target muscle close to failure, but you could also drop weight a little bit to get closer into that rep range the, the following week, right? So again, it's just there as a guide, but that we need to make sure that we're taking the target muscle close to failure. You know, too many people see a rep range and limit their results by stopping at the top end of that range. Okay. So this was kind of one of the mistakes I was saying. So for example, an exercise calls for eight to 12 reps, but they can't add weight yet. So they stop at 12, but they're leaving four reps in the tank. Again, that's not going to be great. Yes, you're following what the rep range says, but that intensity is not there. And that's likely going to lead to you just kind of maintaining your current muscle mass. Again, you're not going to lose muscle, but you're not going to build anymore, right? So in that particular case, you'd be fine adding some reps and going over the rep range to make sure the proper intensity is there. That would be better than staying at 12 reps because the rep range says so and leaving too many reps in the tank because you can't add weight yet. So that's kind of how I would apply that in, in practice. Now, one other thing I wanted to go over on this was, you know, don't underestimate the power of when it comes to progressive overload, don't underestimate the power of improving your technique slash execution as a form of progressive overload. I think sometimes people get too caught up in numbers and they just try to just keep adding weight. And like, you know, I've had many times for myself and with clients where they're like, man, I was doing more weight before what's going on. It's like, well, your technique's better, right? You're, you're, more efficient for every rep you're doing, which is again, a form of progressive overload because you're putting more target on the, on the, on the, or more tension on the target muscle, which again is ultimately what we want when it comes to building muscle. So this is where something like taking four videos, right? So I, I was going through a client's uh, mesocycle and again, it's like, Hey, you've definitely progressed, but what would be, what would be helpful here is if you had a technique video of where you're at first week and then your technique video of where you were at the last week. Right. And that's going to tell you, you know, Again, maybe you didn't make as big of a weight increase as you want it, but then you look and your technique is, you know, way better. Again, that's that's progressive overload in my mind, even though things aren't necessarily going up in terms of uh, the numbers, right? So again, over time, you want to get stronger to build more muscle. But in, sometimes in that pursuit, you know, technique and execution can get sloppy. Again, like I talked about there with the dumbbell lateral raise example, you know, you could just be trying to add more weight. And it's like, as you do that, your technique starts to suffer. Um and so again, you know, again, maybe that can get sloppy or maybe you haven't worried about your technique for some time because you're just worried about adding weight. You know, so like I, like I mentioned, for myself and clients, there have been times when the weight lifted hasn't increased a lot, but technique and execution has improved, right? And this, like I said, is a win-win. One, you're hitting the target muscle more efficiently. The other big win is that you aren't putting as much wear and tear on other muscle groups, tendons, joints, which can be helpful from a longevity aspect and just lower the risk of burnout. Um because again, let's say, for example, you, you know, you're just getting way more out of the 70 pound dumbbell than you would, than you did before, uh, form and technique and execution improvements. And that equals progressive overload, right? Um, what I'll say on this though, is that you do need to check yourself to make sure you aren't holding back in your training, right? Uh, but so like, just make sure you're not overly focused on form or then you never push yourself because that's obviously not great. Um, but just because you aren't lifting more doesn't always mean you aren't building muscle slash getting stronger, especially if your technique and execution have improved. So just something I want to go over there with progressive overload, I think it can be really, it can be really helpful for people to, you know, kind of hear what they need to actually do for progressive overload rather than just saying, Hey, we need an overload, uh, and whatnot. So hopefully that was helpful guys. If you have any questions on this topic, let me know. And I will chat with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.